Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi. And I'm Chris Delano. And wow, I'm just really excited we have special guest Jay Anelli on the podcast today. I, I know, I know. <laughs> it was a lot to take to fit you all into my schedule this week, but I made sure to make it happen. Uh, so, <laughs> yes, I have been off for a while because it is uh, aw- awkward discussing uh, stories that I was uh, help help develop. Coward. But now <laughs> we're back and we have five preview cards five. from Modern Horizons 2. It's a little excessive, let's be honest. It's basically an entire deck. <laughs> I know Carrie is not here today, but these five are almost a cycle. Like, not almost a cycle, but they're they're almost um we almost have one for every color. Almost, and I know that would make Carrie very happy because it upsets me <laughs> that we didn't actually have a Wooberg preview. No, yeah, I, when we got them, I was like, I was trying to remember what we had, and I was thinking about how we wanted to structure the episode. I was like, wait, did we get Wooberg previews? We did not, though. Uh, almost. Yeah. Uh, it's very amusing. I will say it is really cool that we have five preview cards, and it is actually possible to open all five of them in one booster pack. Oh, well, okay, so let's talk a little about, bit about news, because this is going to be both a regular episode for us and a preview episode. So two big things happened last week when you're listening to this. First, there was a major Magic Legends update that included a story update. There's now a pyromancer who doesn't actually pyromance. She has um, uh, fire guns, flame, little flamethrower, Kaladeshi flamethrower guns. Uh, but also there is a big story update where we found out the name of the uh, the mysterious planeswalker and what she was up to, which we'll talk about more in a future episode. Uh, there were also some more Dungeons and Dragons previews. We got a uh, Lolth Planeswalker card and a Drizzt card, which I'm sure someone's going to correct me on. So, Modern Horizons 2 previews. Modern Horizons 2, which I did not work on. Usually this is the kind of set where people are like, ah, oh, you worked on that. I was like, no, I worked on the first one. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so we are we are all seeing these cards for the first time. Um which is really unusual for Worthos Cast podcast. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we have five preview cards. Uh, and we're going to start with uh, an instant, a white instant called Break Ties. So it's Break Ties. It's two and a white. It's an instant. And you choose one, destroy target artifact, destroy target enchantment, or exile target card from a graveyard. But wait, it's Modern Horizons 2, so it's not done yet. It also has Reinforce 1 for a white. So that's that old mechanic that is white, discard this card, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. Oh, please don't talk like Lauren Block is old. Oh, no. Oh, it's so old at this point. <laughs> I know. But it's the Vorthos cast, so the cool thing about this card has nothing to do with the mechanics or the abilities of it. The cool thing has to do with the art. Yeah, so this is some art by Tyler Walpole. Um, he, sorry, Tyler, if I mispronounced your last name. The art is a locket, and inside the locket is a picture of Baron and Rain. And the locket itself looks like it's kind of exploding with energy from the inside out. So Break Ties is probably a reference to the fact that Hannah kind of uh, left her parents and went off to study... Um, at the uh, New Argive University, I forget the neck, the Argivia University or something like that, um, a non-Talarian <laughs> academy uh, that was in New Argive, uh, not because not, she said, not Talaria is the important part. 
not not Talaria, exactly, and kind of did her own thing. And it wasn't until the Weatherlight needed to go to Wrath that she finally reconnected with her family. Uh, this is a sweet comment. So they found a way to get four modes on a charm. <laughs> but it's not a command because you still only pick one. And I really appreciate that. Uh, so it, it essentially has the discount mode for a counter, but can also just remove two different permanent types or deal with the graveyard uh, as someone who plays a lot of commander i love the flexibility on this thing if you have a plus one plus one counters deck and are in white this just feels like like it's literally never a dead draw yeah it's going straight in my sissy deck <laughs> well obviously for weather light things it's such a sweet design like i when i saw this card i looked up the old reinforced cards and most of them were just bad and also, I looked at them, I'm like, why would I ever want to reinforce these, other than the fact that they're, like, usually cheaper, and it's uh, instant speed activated ability instead of casting a spell. But, like, it was, most of the time I was like, these are not worth reinforcing. They're mostly just good spells. And this is, like, a flexible spell with, like, the charm modes where you might not always need them. And if you don't need them, you just have the reinforce option. And I think that gives that card uh, a lot to do. So I'm excited to see, you know, if artifact enchantment removal is needed and played in uh, MH2 Limited. Yeah, I think it's a it's a solid card that you'll probably I could see you including this in a lot of limited decks um, just just because it does like everything. But we have five preview cards. So uh, let's move on to the next one, which is another white common. This one is called Late to Dinner. It's three and a white for a sorcery. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Create a food token. And it's got some excellent flavor text. Uh, I knew you were set in your ways, friend, but even I didn't expect you to keep our engagement under the circumstances. The uh, the art is so funny. This one is really interesting. <laughs> uh, this is a Kev Walker piece with uh, a very old-looking rhinoceros person. They're called rocks. They have a name. Uh, si sitting down <laughs> in, like... In like a fancy vest and jacket and ascot, drinking something, and then there's a very old-looking elephant ghost next to them, and so it's just like this old person and this and and their dead friend and their dead friend's spirit is coming back to, like, maintain their dinner arrangements, and I think that's really cute. It's like, look, buddy, you're dead. You had a really good excuse to get out of dinner, and it's like, no, no, man, I'm gonna show up for you. It's like, I don't, it doesn't matter if I'm dead, I'm a ghost now. Also, this is, like, a zombify at common. Yeah, it's a, it's a white zombify with upside. <laughs> yeah. I guess Breath of Life is, if, if we're talking white, Breath of Life is the analog, but yeah, with upside. So, again, because I predominantly play commander, like, if you care about life gain or artifacts, this is a reanimation spell that plays into those themes a little bit, which I think is neat. I'm curious if the art, if like the food token being an artifact is going to matter in limited, or if it's just a cute little flavorful thing. Like one of the things you know, Modern Horizons one did is it just threw a whole bunch of different mechanics on a bunch of different cards. A lot of some mechanics only were on one or two cards. I'm curious how much Modern Horizons two does that. And the mechanics that it does play up a little bit more, what mechanics will those be? Is food going to be a larger mechanic in this set? Uh, or is this just like a weirdo one-off? I'm, I'm very curious to see how that will exist in, 
in the full set. Well, it's really going to depend on if it's like a flavorful inclusion, uh, depending on the food that it creates. Because like, let's be real, if it's just like plain oatmeal food token, then it's not really flavorful. You gotta put cinnamon on it. (laughs) So what I will say about this is it uh, it is a, a kind of whimsy. We haven't seen a whole lot from magic cards. Like, you know, obviously we have rocks, we have Luxodons, but, you know, to have these two anthropomorphic animal characters in, you know, their finery having a standing dinner reservation is the kind of silliness we have not really seen in Magic in a long time. And I I, I kind of love it. I kind of love that they're willing to do this kind of thing again. It very much looks like, you know, this Kev Walker piece very much could have been in, you know, a, a early core set where they still did that kind of thing. I mean, the name of the card is Late to Dinner. Like, that is just a pun. It's good. It's so good. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things we did with the first Modern Horizons was up the humor a bunch. Uh, we, we had a lot of good, lighthearted fun in Modern Horizons. And uh, what I've gotten so far, like, especially with this card, is is that Modern Horizons 2 is keeping up some of that energy uh, and, and that's really great to see. I love when magic is fun. You know, we're coming off of Strixhaven where we had, I think, more puns than any other non-unset ever printed in magic. Like, go to hell, Odyssey. I think we beat you on, on the pun count by a lot. Uh, and, and Strixhaven was just bright and colorful and fun. And this card just, like, feels goofy and silly in a really enjoyable way. Um, and I, and I love that kind of tone in magic. I, I love that we're seeing more of it in general. We, we're going to kind of jump away from some whimsy to something that, I don't know, you could describe this as kind of badass. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's an uncommon. It's a red uncommon called Spreading Insurrection. So it's four and a red for a sorcery. Gain control of target creature you don't control until end of turn. Untap that creature. It gains haste until end of turn. So, like, we've seen these threaten effects a lot for, like, two and a red. We've seen them for a single red. Why is this one four and a red? Oh, because the next line says Storm. So you can create your own insurrection. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the flavor text reads, everyone wants to be on the winning side. And has some, again, gorgeous art. Uh, yeah, uh, this piece is by Hun Bowden. Uh, depicts a Sun Empire warrior and two dinosaurs behind them. And their eyes are all glowing red. The human and dinos alike. Probably filled with the rage of Tilonali the red aspect of the sun deity that the sun empire worships yeah i i i like this card but you know as as i said we're most of us are primarily commander players and i'm not sure why i wouldn't just play something that gives me control of everybody's creatures instead of one that i got a storm into it but for like a limited setting in this modern horizons 2 this has got to be insane like um depending on depending on what else is in the set Threat effects are, like, fine sometimes. Um, you mostly want them if you have sack outlets, so you can attack and then treat them as removal. I think where this card is really interesting is if you get to storm off with it. Uh, you, you don't you don't even to need to make a lot of copies. If you can make three copies of this, stealing three of your opponent's creatures probably wins you the game uh, in that attack, potentially. And, and that's very different than just having a regular three mana threat and always going to steal one creature. And I don't know if that's something worth building around, uh, but if it's anything like Modern Horizons 1, there's going to be a lot of very weird cards that are going to lead to a lot of really weird experimentation. So I'm excited to see 
if this is one of the storm cards that is a good payoff or one of the storm cards that is too much work or has has too little effect to to really be playable uh if if the value of storm is enough of an angle to make the threaten you know just main deckable in any red deck i think um i think that like if you can get one copy off of this if it's five mana steal like threaten two or if it's like then that's already really good if you can get this up to like a storm count of like three then you're gonna start winning the game like i think that's the the idea here is like you just if you can reliably cast like two cheap spells before this one you will just end the game it's it's you know we have like a history of our cards either being completely broken and limited or like not showing up at all so i'm really <laughs> interested in, in where this one's gonna gonna be shout out to our first ever preview card in bolus's clutches for being probably the best limited card in the entire set oh and then we had muxus we've uh we've thrown off constructed formats too yeah, yeah. oh i'm so happy we got muxus that was that was the best pairing <laughs> it was mwah, delightful well we do have two more preview cards uh so i'm gonna move on to the next one this one is another uncommon this time it's blue it is lucid dreams for three blue blue, it's a sorcery. Draw X cards, where X is the number of card types among cards in your graveyard. And it has flavor text, never be afraid to look where others can't or won't. Um, and I just want to talk about this art. It's an acid trip, yeah. Oh, well, it's not just an acid trip. It's like this gorgeous scene that feels very dreamlike, where you have um, this like young woman climbing a ladder, reaching up to what appears to be like an upside-down lake. And you can see... Uh, fish floating in it you see fish floating around her um there's like a door to the side it's just like you can see a window it's this really psychedelic kind of but beautiful beautiful piece of art by nils ham nils ham one of the best artists in magic the gathering uh, just absurd quality work absolutely beautiful um i am going to get every foil of this card i can find <laughs> even though i don't think i'll ever play it in a deck um, three blue blue, if you can like draw like four cards off of that is incredible. So like, I'll look out and see if I can make that happen. But just such beautiful art. Absolutely love it. Yeah, this this Neil's really got his start in magic doing a lot of creepy stuff. This feels fantastical and playful in a way that um, his magic art hasn't necessarily always gotten to be like Gilderbaron excluded but like this feels a lot like some of his non-magic art that i've seen like the the colors in this are just great they're really bright there's reds and yellows and greens and blues and oranges and purples yeah this is just like raw whimsy and is great and yeah like if you draw three cards off of this you're at rate for what a card like that is usually going to cost in a set um probably given the power level of what the uh, modern horizon sets are it's probably a little underrate uh, but you can get to three just by playing creatures instants and sorceries and you know if there's self mill and blue you can get lands in there for four you know we know from rosewater's teaser thing that there is a tribal artifact lurkoif so presumably it can get itself into the graveyard easy enough to power up your tarmogoyfs you know because that's the kind of jokes they do in Modern Horizons. That's my assumption on what that card would do. Uh, so there just might be better support for stuff like Lucid Dreams. And maybe this is a mechanic that runs through uh, a color pair. Uh, maybe it's one of the draft archetypes is different uh, card types in Graveyard. Who knows? 
Some, I mean, lots of people do because people made the set. They know, but we don't know. Yeah, the 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 line on a card that says uh, equal to the number of card types among cards in your graveyard always looks a little underwhelming. And then you play one game against a Tarmogoyf and you go, oh, that number goes up really fast. I, I could see this being a card that you want to play in Commander where three blue blue will draw you like six or seven cards. Potentially. Because you can, yeah, you can set it up pretty easily. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, especially if you're playing a self-mo commander like uh, the Khan Sadisi, where you're explicitly dumping cards in your graveyard and potentially, uh, you know, building your deck in a way that you can take uh, the best advantage of that. We have one last preview card, and this one's kind of the Vorthos uh, home run of our of our five cards. It's another common, so again, you can open this in the same pack as all the other ones, and it is Turok's Canticle. Did I pronounce that right? So I went back to the uh, Fallen Empires, and there is actually, the second comic has a pronunciation guide in the back, or it might have been the Duelist, whichever one, but there's an official source that says Turok. Okay, I can't believe we're trusting Jay to give us the pronunciation of this character's name. That's messed up. It really is. Two Rocks Canticle. It's a sorcery, it's a common. For three and a black, target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a card from it. That player discards that card, then discards a card at random. Uh, the flavor text reads, The same hymns Turok sang to praise the Ebon Praetor would later be adapted to glorify Turok himself. Basic Sarpadian history. So there is a group on the continent of Sarpedia on Dominaria called the Order of the Ebon Hand. They worship a being known as the Ebon Praetor, and uh, it is a group that was started by this figure, Turok. Uh, over time, the real identity of Turok was lost, and uh, he kind of became deified within the group itself uh, as well. And both uh, the Ebon Praetor and uh, Turok kind of are, are these these two powerful black mana beings that were part of this cult essentially they would do all kinds of murders and dark magic and threaten uh the nation of acacia uh, built around white mana um and the order of leaper who opposed them so obviously him is very famous magic card Black, black, sorcery, target player, discards two cards at random. This gets to be a flavorful throwback, um, but also a mechanical one, because you still get to make them discard two, uh, but you get to pick one instead uh, of of two of them being random. And then uh, and then they still get the random part, because it's still like a hymn to Torak reference. Uh, and it's also worth noting, uh, you choose any card. They reveal their hand, and you can make them discard one of their lands, and then maybe get the other another land in their hand with a random discard. So it offers a lot of the same power with a little more precision of him to Torak, obviously at a higher mana cost. And the art is absolutely incredible. Oh yeah. Uh so it it's by um Bastien El Deharm. Uh I, I have no idea if I pronounce that right. I'm sorry, Bastien. <laughs> can pronounce Turok, can't pronounce an artist's name. <sighs> I can't. Um, it has what I believe to be, well, a, at least a cultist, you know, in exaltation over this altar with a clearly dead body, uh, behind him is the moon, but the moon is also like an, like the iris of an eye with the sclera and the, the pupil, um, kind of 
also being a halo around this figure's head mm-hmm. who has a billowing cape with all these creepy eyes that are peering out from there uh-huh it's just a great creepy moody piece here well and so there there's a sacrifice on like an altar uh who has just like a bunch of candles stuck on their face and chest and knees and stuff with wax dripping down over them and it's just a really good classic depiction of how early magic illustrated a lot of weirdo black mana i was about to say satanic rituals but that's the voice (laughs) of all the satanic panic moms who got demons out of magic for a number of years yeah it's just this like cult ritual um and the the eyeball motif in the middle kind of looks like um the floor circle on the liz danforth art of uh him to torak the clothing on the cultists also looks similar to one of the other arts um i don't know if that was uh, like uh an explicit reference, but like the big flowing cloak and uh, the mask coming over the face a little bit is uh, potentially another art reference. I don't know how intentional that was. Yeah. You can also see that there's like what looks to be three sort of shadowy figures. Yeah. And, and those are also kind of a reference to another hymn art. Like it's pulling in a lot of the elements from the hymn to Turok arts. There's yeah. a child screaming outside my window. So I'm sorry. Well, that <laughs> that I was talking probably getting tortured by the order of the Ebon hand. Oh, they're being brought in front of the giant bunny right now. <laughs> it, it's, it's worth noting as well that Turok is one of those legendary, not Turok, the dinosaur hunter, but this, this guy <laughs> is, uh, uh, one of those characters who's named in a card, but has never gotten a legendary creature. I believe him to Turok was banned at one point in the past, right? It's currently banned in Pauper. It has also previously been banned in Legacy. So this is one of those things that uh, might fulfill one of Mark Rosewater's hints. Uh, We, we of course, have no idea. But um, yeah, (laughs) Turok is very cool. It's cool to see the name referenced again. I like these Modern Horizons sets that can do the kinds of things that... um, like commander sets used to do, which is make these old school references, but Modern Horizons can kind of go harder on it uh, these days. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a very cool looking car. That's all. Yeah, I, that's all I can say. Modern Horizons is about appealing. Like, like so, the big problem with Time Spiral as a block is that it was very inside baseball. It was for the you know it was the art house picture for the hardcore Magic fans who had been playing magic and been fans of the lore for a very long time and it sold very poorly because of that uh and lost a lot of players because they had no idea what was going on or what any of these things meant that audience does exist uh especially you know another what like 14 years later 13 years later that audience has just grown and so modern horizons really scratched that itch of this is a magic set for the hardcore magic players who have been around for a while we're going to reward you if you have been around playing magic for a long time and we did a ton of stuff with that in the first one you know we had a sarah planeswalker card we had references to teversat we had a direct quote from wafer number one cool things like that modern horizons 2 is doing some of these things Again, you know, between the mechanical references, between like Torox Canticle referencing him of Torox mechanically, or uh, some of the other cards that have already been previewed, like uh, Diamond Lion having the Lion's Eye Diamond uh, ability stapled onto an artifact creature, like uh, to the flavorful stuff, again, like Torox Canticle or the uh, art on Break Ties with Baron and Rain, which we had to double check. We were like, hey, wait a sec. 
these characters look familiar and, and we went and looked it up and it was barren and it was rain and there are very small details to give them away uh and and stuff like that is cool that's that's the kind of stuff that modern horizons uh as a pair of sets now is built for and so we love seeing that kind of stuff and we're very excited to see what other Vorthos goodies we have in the set i'm sure there are some juicy juicy pieces of lore Oh, yeah, we're very excited to dig into those once previews are fully out. We're going to feel a little, uh, I won't say embarrassed, but you're going to be listening to this and you're going to be laughing at us because I'm sure this morning they're going to like preview to rock and they're going to preview like rain or something. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we're going yeah. to be sitting here talking about like, oh, it'd be cool if these cards were in the set and it's, you know, already yeah, done. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, just a reminder, we record this the Thursday before, uh, and we were recording this before even the weekly MTG stream, so we don't even know what was on that just yet when we're recording. It's a mystery. So these were our free previews from Wizards of the Coast. We're doing something a little bit differently. We used to release a uh, preview episode alongside our regular episodes, and we're not going to do that anymore, Like especially during preview season. Uh, we're just going to release one slightly longer preview episode. Jay. Just because it's 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 less work for us. Yeah. I, I have an important update for you. Uh, when we have had our previews yes. scheduled on Mondays, we've been doing this for multiple sets already. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're no, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm 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 I am a nincompoop. Uh, no, See, but this is just what in happens, general, even if it's not what, on Monday. This is what, this is what happens when you don't show up for the podcast for six weeks. I, 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 my brain goes to mush. Yes. I, no, you've, you've had a busy life. I hope, I hope everything's been going well enough and I hope you've enjoyed your time off from the show. Yeah. Jay, don't you have a book coming out in like July? You should probably be on the podcast more to talk about that. Where it is on, I put it on the agenda. We will talk about it when it comes out. But yeah, yeah, but you gotta like hype it up at the end of every podcast episode. Tell people to pre-order, you know, things like that. All right. Well, let's move on to final thoughts. Final thoughts. You go first, Jay. You're leading the episode now that you're back, jerk. So, <laughs> so my final thought is that Planes of the Multiverse releases on July 20th. It is uh, the second art book I have written for Wizards of the Coast after last year's Legends of Visual History, which I named before the video game came out with the same name. Um, But it is what it is. What are you going to do? It is more about planes and world building uh, this time around. Uh, It also talks about a lot of planes walkers. It is the same format and expect about the same length blurbs on every topic. So please do not at me again asking me why it's so small. This is the third book in that series. The first one being Rise of the Gatewatch. Uh, You should know what you're buying by now. (laughs) That's that's my final thought. They're nice old books. I, I liked the the first two well your your first one and um is it jenna who did the first the, the i think she wrote one? the foreword but i i'm not i'm not sure exactly who wrote it i don't remember might have been daniel ketchum who's an art director there who was who was the the one who was that was years was. ago i could barely remember yesterday but uh my final thought is that subnautica is great the the two subnautica games are finally out on switch so I picked them up because I freaking love the ocean and I love survival games. And this has a number of like wilderness horror elements in it, too. 
um, and a lot of building. It's basically everything I love smushed into one game. And I've been loving it so far, except there's no autosave feature. And I did lose like six hours of progress because of a game crash. Because uh, I got into a flow state and didn't save. And that was bad. But uh, it's really, really fun. And if you love survival games, uh, you know, it's... If you are still disappointed by No Man's Sky, this game will scratch that itch. way In a way more satisfying way, I think. Yeah, Subnautica, great. Ocean, great. Love games. Video games, good. Play games. Yeah, I just finished my first video game. I, I I spent like five months playing Assassin's Creed, so the last Assassin's Creed. So I started my first new game of 2021 uh, just a couple weeks ago. Well, uh, my final thought is that I'm finally getting to uh, play D&D in person this weekend um, for the first time in many years, actually, uh, since been mostly playing D&D online. I've got a group where we play every week for years and years, but we play over Discord and using Roll20. Um, and we've been doing that for a long time. But I have another group. We started a Curse of Strahd com- campaign where we're all playing monster races. Um, so I'm playing like a kobold, a cute little kobold who, you know, likes to stab things, a little kobold rogue, taking advantage of pack tac- tactics with sneak attack. I'm not ashamed. Um, but we started online and then someone had a baby and then someone moved and we haven't been able to play for a long time. And now that we're finally like all about to play again, we're like, hey, let's just do it in person. So we are going to be playing uh, Curse of Strahd in person. Very excited. I got a little mini printed up. My uh, my friend who has a 3D printer printed my mini for me and painted it. It looks great. Very excited. Uh, yeah, so that's going to be my weekend. By the time you're listening, I will have already probably stabbed like a ghost or something. <laughs> Uh, by the time you're listening, I will have started my Beam Saber campaign with my local group, which we have our session zero this uh, this past Sunday. So very excited for that, too. Anyway, games are great. If you like D&D and uh, if you like magic, then you might like D&D because it's the same company and they're like pretty flavorfully compatible enough so that we made a whole magic set about it that previews are gonna be coming up soon after modern horizons 2 and some have already started and anyway if you want to you know if you're a magic person who doesn't know a lot about DD, or if you're a DD person who's new to magic and you want to know more about the other ip uh in the lore and world building and characters and history uh we have a community where you can meet other people and talk about those wonderful things and learn and share that information together. Uh, we have a Discord server for the Vorthos Cast, which you can get access to by heading to patreon.com slash Cast for as little as $1 a month. Uh, everyone who supports us get, gets access to Discord, and we have a wonderful community of folks there who are having a great time. We even have a uh, small D&D campaign or one-shot. I don't remember exactly. It was uh, started up uh, last week. Time is fake and an illusion, and I don't remember. It was recent, um, so if you know, if you're looking to play some games, um, you know that's that's the thing that's happened on our server too, and we're we're enjoying uh, never-ending preview season, the the summer of previews apparently, but uh, and and just uh, enjoying magic and and enjoying all the story and characters uh, and art have to offer. So if that's something that interests you, uh, we would love to have you around. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.